Hello, and thanks for uh, tuning in to International Dispute Management. Uh, I'm Larry. Uh, today we're going to talk about lies, half-truth, and conspiracies. And I kind of like to want to start with uh, some quotes from Mark Twain, which, you know, he had a, a lot of quotes about um, <clears throat> lying. Um, basically, he says that there are three kinds of liars. Liars, damn liars, and statisticians. Seemed that uh, Mark Twain had a thing with uh, about numbers, because a lot of his quotes had something to do with numbers. And if one of his another quote is, "If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything because lies can't live." And but lies do take on a life of their own, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, especially when we're talking about uh, lies and dispute uh, mediation uh, type. Figures don't lie, but liars can figure. That was one I learned when I was in graduate school in modeling. Uh, again, with uh, numbers and figures, yeah, you can get them to say pretty much whatever you want them to say. So that kind of leads us into, you know, it's not really a lie, but it is a lie. But the interesting thing about Mark Twain uh, is that Mark Twain, in fact, is an alias. It's not his real name. Uh, so, and that uh, it's kind of a lie in itself. So we've got kind of like the liar telling lies and quotes about lies. You know, really, it's human to lie. A lot of people will tell you that. It's just that some people become better at it, and then they get so good they become politicians. Well, the irony of it of all this with Mark Twain not being his true name. And the, the way that he got his name was from a riverboat, and that's how they measured the depth of the, when they got into a sandy area, they had a rope with um, a knot on it, and it would say that it was Mark, this spot, Twain 2, Twain 3, whatever. And that's how he got his name, Mark Twain. Let's talk a little bit about definitions. Um you know, for what a lie is, because everybody has their own, you know, everybody knows what a lie is, you know, but really the law has a, their own definitions. Um, a lie is an assertion that you, you know, everybody, when you tell it, everybody says, eh, I don't know if I really believe that, you know, but it's typically used for the purpose of deceiving someone. So, you know, you can tell a lie like, you know, uh, something, you know, really simple, but it's still a lie. It's something that you're trying to get someone else to believe that's not true. A half-truth is a lie, but it's somewhat true. You know, it's a statement that conveys only partly the truth, especially one used deliberately to deceive someone. So... Half truth start to build into the the realm of conspiracy, and a conspiracy is an agreement according to the law. A uh, very simple definition is an agreement between two or more people that uh, want to commit a crime at some point in time in the future. I mean, that could be a minute, that could be ten years. But conspiracy theories have taken over the country, and a lot of things are you know just as crazy as lasers from space that started all the fires in California. So you have to think to yourself, well, why do people do this? Why do people lie? And there's a lot of reasons why people lie. And, 
you know, if you if you go back and you look at a lot of my uh, videos and my podcasts in the past about positioning, it's all about power. So one of the best reasons that you, we talk about why people lie is revenge. It's to get power over somebody else. They'll tell a lie to get even with somebody else. Uh, to avoid punishment is really common. You know, it's like, no, I didn't do that because if I did that, I would go to jail. You know, we always use the example of a little boy at the fruit stand, put an apple in his pocket, and they said, did you just steal that apple? He said, no, I didn't, even though you probably saw him do it. But he's going to say that because he's trying to avoid being punished because he knows it's illegal to take the apple. To protect another person from being punished, that's rare, but it does do it. You know, she didn't do it. I did it. It's my fault um, for whatever reason because I don't want her to be punished. So I'll, I'll stand up and I'll take the punishment. It happens, but it's rare. Um, to obtain something that they couldn't easily attain by another means. For in other words, um, if I told you the truth, you wouldn't do it. If I lied to you, you might do it out of sympathy. You might do it out of obligation. You might do something, an act that, you know, that you normally you wouldn't do. And probably the most common is to maintain privacy. You know, people people don't want you nosing around in their business. You know, if you ask somebody, um, if you're dating someone and they don't want you to know it, they're going to say no. A little lie. Uh, does it hurt anybody? Eh, maybe not at the time, but it may hurt you later. You, uh, you know, a lot of people lie to win social status. It's bragging. You've always got people that are out there bragging. You know, we see this in, in social media a, a lot now with you know, on the videos where everybody says, I've got all these cars, I've got this house, I've got this plane, I can, you know, I can uh, throw money around. And so I'm bragging, I'm lying. I don't really have all this. It's all, you know, these houses in my videos are rented. It's not my house, but, you know, I guess technically it was my house why I rented it, but it's not, I don't own it. So it's kind of a half lie. To avoid situations that are not positive. So, you know, a lot of times, and politicians do this a lot. They get backed into a corner and say, rather than to tell the truth, they'll tell a lie. They say, well, what was your position on this particular bill? Well, I voted for it before I voted against it. And then I voted against it before, you know, I voted for it. So it it's just kind of like double talk. And, you know, they're going to tell you something to get out of the situation. And then there's people that just have a compulsory. They're pathological liars. They, they just can't tell the truth. Um, you know, it's just easier to lie than it is to tell the truth. So a lot of people just lie. You know, whatever. To create a sense of power over others is really the main reason that people lie. I want to get myself in a better position. That's why we brag. That's why we tell these little lies, you know, about what we own, so on. And kind of leading to the the conspiracy, it's to position themselves in the next step. Conspiracies are generally very elaborate. Not necessarily logical, but elaborate. And the more elaborate it is, the harder it is to tell the truth. So, you know, 
we always look at, you know, especially mediators and stuff. I mean, we want to get to the lie. We want to get the person to acknowledge the fact that they lie. So how do you do that? Well, there's signs that people are are, are lying. People will take a, a, you know, they'll cross their arms. They'll cross their eyes. They'll look over. They won't look you in the eye. Their posture is telling you they get rigid. Physical body changes, you know. But if you're not an expert, you know, unless it's really, really obvious don't try to use these as a mediator to to determine if someone's lying because there's other situations that you may not know about. They may have, um, you know, some kind of physical ailment that doesn't allow them, uh, you know, to sit up straight and look you straight in the eye. So, but the thing that you want to look at as a mediator is how big the lie starts. How the, generally, a lie starts really small, and then it gets bigger. And a good example of that, um, back in the 60s, um, there was a, a, a comedy show called Candid Camera on TV, and they had, I don't know, that's, I'm dating myself, that's really a long time ago, but um, they had a skit where a lady was in the phone booth, and she was taking a very long time in the phone booth. There was a long line behind it. And the person about the third person in line says to the second person, "What? what's taking so long? And uh, the lady says, well, she dropped her dime. So then the next person in line said, what happened? They said, oh, she dropped her dimes. You know, and then as it got to the back of the line, it's like the last guy in line saying, well, what's what's taking so long? They go, oh, she she dropped her or she lost her diamonds. So the dime becomes a diamond. And, and it's not in, in that particular case intentional. It's just the way that... People perceive it, but the lie keeps getting bigger and bigger. So that's one of the things that you want to watch for is, you know, ask them why. Why why is this going on? They make the liar have to explain their position. And the more that they explain their position, the greater the lie becomes or the more harder it is to believe it. You know for a fact pretty much that they're lying. So sooner or later, they're going to realize they got caught and they're going to ask for help, hopefully, or they're going to try to figure out some other way to get out of it. You know, uh, I, I used to sit uh, in uh, traffic court when I was younger and watch uh, people, you know, when they would go up and, you know, the judge would ask them, how do you plead? And this one guy came up and he says, you you were ticketed for riding a motorcycle without eye protection. And at that time, you had to have a helmet and an and eye protection. And the um, the person says, well, not guilty. I plead not guilty. And then the judge says, so you were wearing eye protection? He says, no. And he goes, well, then you're guilty. And he goes, no, I'm not guilty. And he goes, well, why are you not guilty? And he said, because my eyes were closed. And I'm like, okay, you're riding a motorcycle with your eyes closed. So anyway, needless to say, he didn't win. Very few times when we're in mediation, you're going to get what we call the Perry Mason moment where somebody just jumps up and confesses, no, I didn't tell the, lo- tell the truth. I was lying and I did it for this reason. You know, I'll take the bullet for this person. You know, I, you know, that, that just doesn't happen. People conceal their lies. And as a mediator and as neutral, you have to work in there to find and get them to expose it themselves. And then we come up with a, the kind of the paradox that we talk about a lot in mediation as a, a prisoner's dilemma. And that's game theory of, of where, the, where the, pr- uh, the prisoner is caught in a position, a good cop, bad cop kind of like thing, where 
it's a, there's a paradox in their in their decision analysis, which you've got two acting two people acting in their own self interest. Do I rat out my friend? If I do, then he'll go to jail. If I tell the truth, then I'll go to jail. So you know there, you know you have to convince them that it's the lesser of, of two evils. But one, you know, sooner or later, one of them's going to turn on the other one. So uh, it's it's they have to have some kind of an incentive to choose the way in which they're going to come out of, of this paradox, and that's generally a lesser sentence or whatever. So, but one of the things that one of the tools that we use as mediation is storytelling, and storytelling um, lies. You know, the mediator tool to expose lies is to to op- to issue and present open ended questions such as why, and keep asking why. And note if the lie grows, or like in Pinocchio, his nose grew, but that's kind of a metaphor for the fact that every time he lied, it got bigger and bigger and bigger. So, But at some point, you need to expose the lie, uh, and preferably in a sidebar where you're not going to embarrass them, because then they will be defensive and they'll probably come up with more lies. It, It really depends on how serious the lie is and how it's affecting the overall uh, mediation process. Uh, Some states do uh, require that you, if you come across something that's a crime, you have to report it. Uh, I know certain states were definitely for, like, you know, if there was a legal, you know, drug possession or child uh, molestation or something, you have to child endangerment, you have to refer that to the state. So be aware when you're exposing lies that it's not as simple as um, it sounds. Storytelling and conspiracies is, now this this takes on, a, it's a whole new life because there's a conspiracy. Why are we doing this? Because of mistrust, revenge, political positioning, monetary gain, all of the above. That's why people start conspiracy theories. You know, um, the dark state, so on. You know, they, they're they not true. Most people know they're not true. But yet, there's a little bit of truth there. Because conspiracies are based on half-truth. And many times, the overall theory of the conspiracy is the biggest lie. You know, you're, they're trying to position themselves for some reason, you know. And you have to find out what that reason is. That's the root cause. But another tool to to battle conspiracies, lies, and half-truths is to try to start doing trust building. Trust is always lost when you have a lie. I don't trust them anymore because they lie, you know? So you want to make the person take responsibility for their own actions. A lot of times, and and when I was working on my master's in dispute resolution, I was always told that a lot of times people only want an apology. That in itself is a lie. People want something else. People get to the point that they're tired of arguing about something simple, and they'll say, well, just apologize and we'll move on. They're never going to trust you again. Okay, so the next time that you come up to them and you tell them something, they don't trust you. They think everything that comes out of your mouth is a lie. So, you know, you've got to build this trust. You know, and when you know that somebody's not being sincere, when their apology comes out, I was allowed to believe 
I was allowed to believe f- things that were not true. Well, you don't want that kind of a person in a position of power for sure, because obviously they can't not, they can't be allowed to to distinguish between truth and fiction and what's right and what's wrong. So, you know, the other thing that you do when you're you're working with these is to come up with some kind of a contract and agreement between the 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 parties for future actions for what how they're going to proceed. So you've established. Yeah, they lie. This and and you know they're going to resolve that lie somehow. But you want to move forward, so you've got to have a, a instrument of trust that if you do X, Y, and Z, this is what's going to happen. You're going to lose your contract. We're not going to do business with you anymore. Uh, you're going to have to pay us compensation for our work. But uh, you know that's. I'm starting to run into a longer amount of time than I want to. I want to keep these short. But you can follow me on Instagram at International Dispute Management or International Dispute MGM. And I'm on YouTube as International Dispute MGM. I'm on Twitter and uh, Facebook as International Dispute Management and uh, on Anchor FM as International Dispute MGM. So... Until next time, have a great day, and I hope uh, this was informative. Thank you.